am thankful that I get to be with you today. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Chris, and uh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm so glad to be here. Now, I want to I wanna reveal something about uh, myself and Chad to you today that you may not know, okay? But did you realize that Chad and I, when we were young, we grew up in the same town. Now, I was on the rough side of the tracks, and Chad was in the good neighborhoods. Um, but uh, we were together in the Moore Boys Choir when we were in the fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. And we sang, uh, hey, we'll sign autographs later. We sang on the Ben and Butch McCain show. Do you remember that show? You can't even get that on YouTube right now. I mean, I mean, it is, I even tried. I looked at the Ben and Butch McCain show. I think it just said they had a morning show. Uh, but there's no evidence whatsoever. I, I think I had, I have one photograph of my, when we sang on that television show, my mom took a picture of the television screen. That's the only record I have of it. And it's somewhere in my mom's attic. Uh, so Chad, if I, let me try to find that. But uh, you didn't realize we were so talented at this church and so famous, right? I wanted you to know that. And, uh, um, you know, then Chad kept singing. I kind of became a rapper. And so I quit singing and now I just talk. Um, but, um, but, you know, you would not look at us walking down the road here or driving down the road and, and say, oh, I bet those guys sang on the Ben and Butch McCain show, right? That's special information that I just wanted you to know. Now your life is better because of it, right? Um, not really. But, but you know, in, really, there, there are sometimes we can learn about God just by looking like, like, like looking into the skies and looking at the stars and go, wow. There's a creator in this place. And we've all had those moments when we've, we've noticed the stars. I can remember a moment in my life, uh, my very first church, I was serving in western Oklahoma, and, and I was driving uh, back to my college in Weatherford, and, and it was, it was, I was on this stretch of, of highway in western Oklahoma in the middle of nowhere, just wheat fields, and I stopped my car, and I looked up into the skies, and, and I, I, I laid down on the, on, the, on the hood of my Chevrolet Beretta, and I looked up into the sky, and I felt like in that moment, I could see every star that was ever created. And I thought, wow, God, you are so big. And see, we can look at the stars in the skies and say, God, I, can, I know you're there. But you know what? God has revealed specific things about himself. In the Word, in the word we, we see specific things, special information that we come to understand that we wouldn't know unless God told us. Well, this morning in Colossians chapter 1, if you have your Bibles, open, open to Colossians chapter 1. We're going to look at, at some of the most incredible revelation about God. And, and you know, when you think about um, this doctrine that we're going to zero in on. Now, now uh, here's the doctrine. It's the idea that when Jesus came into the world, when Jesus entered human history, uh, Jesus was fully God and fully man and he will be so forever. That, that's what the Bible reveals. Now, we wouldn't know that unless God told us. But, but now doctrine, sometimes when, when that word comes out of a preacher's mouth, people kind of gloss over and go, okay, well, I don't know. You know, uh, I don't know that I want to get into deep doctrine. But the reality is it's just theology. What is theology? It's the study of God. 
And it's important that we understand what God has said about himself. And, and we need to be right in what the scripture says. We need to understand the word in the right way. And, and when you think about the Bible, every book in the Old Testament, what does it do? It prepares the way for Jesus. Every book in the Old Testament, you see Jesus in those Old Testament books. When you look at the, at the New Testament, Jesus is showing us the way to heaven. And it's a beautiful revelation, and it's important to realize who God is. And, and, and even as we come together to worship and to study, you, you know who we're, we're, we're serving. You know who's in this room speaking, don't you? Like Job 38 talks about the one who is speaking is, is the one who measures the universe with the span of his hand. That, that's who's speaking today. The Job 38 says the one who is speaking today is, is the one who, who put every star in its place. Psalm 139 says the one who's speaking today is the one that carefully knit you together in your mother's womb. That's who's speaking to us today. The, the one who knows your life in such a detailed way that before one of your days began, Jesus wrote every one of your days in a book. That's who's speaking today. That's the God of all creation. And it's interesting, it doesn't stop there because the, the one who is speaking today is the one that Romans 5.8 says who he demonstrates his love for us in this, that even though you are a sinner, Christ died for us. See, when Christ entered human history in this miraculous way, he, he, then, he then lived this life that was beyond compare. And people that saw him said, man, Jesus, who are you? You look at what you do. You have to be from God. And then Jesus, he, he went to the cross. And what did he do after the cross? He conquered the grave. You know, I've done, I've done three funerals in the last um, 14 days. And, and, you know, we've been confronting the reality of, of death. But you know what? Jesus conquered death. Jesus defeated death. And that, though that's been an uncomfortable moment, that's been uncomfortable to face the reality of death, we recognize that Jesus defeated death. Now, Colossians chapter 1, we're, looking, we're just going to look at a few verses, verses 15 through 17. Open your Bibles and let's, let's, let's turn our face to what God says about himself what God reveals. Let's stand together as we read God's word today. We're, this is such a jam-packed passage of scripture and it, it's so fascinating and it's just one of those passages of scriptures that when we read it, our minds just go, Poosh. but verse 15 says this, for he is the image, Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And this is the word of the Lord. Isn't that great? Thank you. You have a seat. Now, now you know what? Here's, here's this passage of Scripture. We're in the book of Colossians, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an important book of the Bible to study because we, we've, we've kind of understood that Epaphras was this guy that went to Colossae. He went back to his hometown, essentially, to start this church. And, and I love this because we, we're Oklahomans, and, and we live here. And God's called us to, to build the church here. 
And, and I'm grateful that, that, that I get to see this example of Epaphras. And he went back to Colossae and, and as, he, as he shared about his faith, as he talked about what, how Jesus changed his life, God used him in some big ways that, that this church started. And this church was so impactful that Paul, the apostle Paul, wrote a letter to this church. And to me, I think, how cool is that? I mean, to be a part of the church that was so significant and so impactful that the Apostle Paul would write a letter to you and, and look, look what we're doing. Here we are in 2021, still looking at the letter that Paul wrote. Now, now what's, what's important, and, and I think one of the reasons that Paul wrote this letter is because in the, the people at Colossae, they were facing some threats. And you know what's interesting is I think about the threats that the church at Colossae faced we're facing the same threats today. Now, now, there's a term that I want to throw out to you, and I don't want to lose you with this term, but the term is called syncretism. Have you ever heard that term? Syncretism. It's the idea of, of in, the, in the day of Colossae, it was in Rome, and they were like, you know what? We need to syncretize these different paths to God. Rome was a pluralistic world. It was a pluralistic culture. By pluralism, I mean there were lots of different religions. There were lots of ideas, and people thought there are many ways to God. But see, Jesus came, and God came revealing, now, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Though man is in pursuit of religion, what is religion? Religion is man's attempt to get to God. Jesus came and said, no, I'm bringing something different. I'm not bringing religion. I'm bringing a relationship. The, 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 see, the religion is man's attempt to get to, get to God. When, when Jesus came into the world, that's different because that was God coming to man. You see, that's the only, that's the difference between Christianity and every other system of belief. Christianity describes the moment when God came here. For us. And see, when we need to understand that, that we live in a world where even the church is struggling with syncretism. We have a pressure to say, no, no, hey, you guys that are Christians, you guys are a little passionate. You need to tone it down a little bit because there's all kinds of ways to heaven according to the world. The problem with that is when we read our Bible, we go, well, that, 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 that's not an option for us. Because who else could conquer the grave? I mean, there's no other uh, religion in history of, of, of their, like Muhammad, he didn't conquer the grave, he's dead. Buddha, he didn't conquer the grave. All these uh, Confucius, this philosopher of, 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 uh, of, of the East, he died. But see, Jesus defeated death. And so pointing to the fact that, look, um, this idea of mysticism or, or legalism. One time I, I got to go to uh, Cambodia to, um, to do a, go on a mission trip. And, and when I was in Cambodia, there, there was this guy selling birds on the side of the road. And I was like, hey, P. Seth, wh what are they selling? He goes, oh, well, those are people that if they want to have good karma, they'll go buy a bird and they'll just release it and it'll make them feel better. And that'll somehow earn God's favor. But see, look, Christianity shows us and teaches us that, wait, we, are, we, we needed a Savior, and that's why Jesus came. 
And see, it's interesting. There were these false teachers, these false thoughts going on about God. Now, let's look at this passage. Look at verse 15. It's, it reveals us about Christ and who he is. And, and, and you know what's sad to me? Because I think there are a lot of Christians, and what I don't want our church to be is to fall into that trap, thinking that we need someone or something other than Jesus to sustain us, to help us, to lead us? Do you realize that all we need is Christ? And, and I look at Christians, the temptation, even in the church, to consult horoscopes. Or, or let me just, let me, let me consider what these other teachings say. You know what? We need Christ, not those other things. And this is something we've got to understand. This is what the Bible reveals. Now, why do I believe that? Well, it says in verse 15, he, Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Let's think about this. He's the image of the invisible God. If you want to know what God looks like, you look at Jesus. And that's what God looks like. And, and we, we, don't we want to, isn't it a natural pursuit of humanity to want to know what God is like? Well, the Bible tells us who, he's the image of the invisible God. That, that, that if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. So the Bible says, um, you know, he, he, it says he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Now let's think about that for a second. Wait a minute, time out. It says he's the firstborn of all creation. Now, here's the problem with that, that I wrestle when I read that. We know that Christ is eternal. You understand the wrestling through the idea of the Trinity. You know, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But then we look at Colossians 1.15 and it says he was the firstborn of all creation. How do we reconcile Firstborn language, and, 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 and because God, Jesus was eternal. What, what does that mean? I want you to flip over, look at Psalm 89, 27 in your Bibles. I want you to look over at Psalm 89, 27. It's not on the screen, but, but, but I want you to just look it up in Psalm 89, verse 27. It's interesting because this says, this is a psalm from, from Ethan, and he's talking about David's line. And, and when you study verse 27, it's interesting. He says, I will appoint him to be my firstborn, the most exalted of the kings of the earth. And when you look at this psalm, what, what, what Ethan is doing, he is, he is talking about Solomon here. David's son, and it says about Solomon, he's going to be his firstborn, the most exalted kings of the earth. Solomon was. There was no king on the planet wealthier than Solomon. Think about that. Nobody ever lived. Nobody in the past or the future will ever be as wealthy as Solomon. He was the wealthiest person in history and always will be. But it's interesting because it says, we know that Ethan's talking about Solomon, and he said Solomon is the firstborn. But when you know your study your Bible, you see that Solomon wasn't the first child David had, was he? But why does he firstborn? See, when the Bible speaks of firstborn, it's, it's talking about um, not the first one that was actually physically born, but it's referring to the first rank. And when you think about Jesus, he entered human history, he was the first rank. 
And, and Jesus was eternal with God. And, and, and this is something I pray we understand. If you're taking notes, point number one is this, that, that we need to understand about Christ. Christ is not just one of the ways to heaven. He's the only way to heaven. And this is why we've got to be a faithful church. And as I drove in to, to Tulsa today, I just was like, Lord, I was praying for, for Tulsa. I was like, Lord, I thank you so much that, that you have, have called us to Tulsa called us to be in this city and in this neighborhood. And you know, when I, I, I was driving around just here looking at the houses and the people, and, and, and you know what I love about uh, the wisdom of, of, of God? God planted a, this church right here for a reason. And, and you know what? The, it, it was so smart. Even business people have noticed. So they put a Walmart over there, Right? Quick trips over there. Why, why do those businesses put, put places like that right here on this street, in this place? Why? Because people live here. See, God sees the people that live here. And you know what they need to understand is that Christ is not just a way to heaven. He's the only way to heaven. And this is why we've got to be a church that takes Jesus seriously. He says in John 14, 6 and 7, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And, and, and Jesus says, if you would have known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And one of the things we need to grab today is that if you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus. That's what God looks like. You know, there, there's not many ways to God. There's, there's only one who was born of a virgin. There's only one who lived this sinless life and who did these miracles. There was only one that went to the cross. There's only one who rose from the dead. Only one. And I'll tell you, I've been in the moment in the last two weeks with families who are facing the reality of mortality. They realize, look, I... My days are numbered. Life is short. Life goes quick. And I'll tell you, whether you live 18 years or 85 years, the reality is life goes like this. And I want you to know, while we're on this planet, on this side of eternity, we need to see who Jesus is. We need to see who God is. And verse 16 tells us, look at verse 16. He says about Jesus, for by him Think about this, all things were created. Think about everything you've seen that's created. In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. When I think about that verse, I think about how, how Jesus was, is, is at work in all things. Even in this crazy time when it seems like our, our political life is out of control, our health life is out of control. Let me tell you something. Jesus creates all things. And, and, and you know what? Here's something that is so big. And, and, and it's not a word we use very often, but it's an important word that we need to recognize. When you think about Jesus Christ, and I want you to write this down. I'm putting it on the screen so we can spell it. Christ is preeminent. Now, now, now that's a big word. Preeminent. Let's think about what this word means. And, and what's interesting, Paul sets this example uh, pointing to the fact when, you, when, you, when, it, when we say Christ is preeminent, 
Everything we will ever need is in the person of Christ. And that's something I want you to know. Everything you ever need is in the person of Christ. And, and, and recognizing the preeminence of Christ says, Lord, you have my attention, you have my loyalty, and I will never waver from you. And it's my prayer that we recognize Christ is not just a way. He's not just prominent. He's not the best way to heaven. He's the only way. And see, this is critical for us to understand. This is, this is the right way to think. And I'll tell you, there is a pressure. There, is, there, is, um, there are threats coming against us as we live in a culture that's growing more and more pluralistic, saying, look, no, there are many ways to God. And, and, the, and that's just not what the Bible reveals. And we've got to understand there's one way to God. Now, when you think about this passage, let's break it down a little bit. We see uh, that, that Jesus existed before creation. You know that, right? He existed before the world began. We, we see this in John 17, 5, when he says, And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Before the world began, before there was, before God said, let there be light, Jesus was there. And the Bible tells us this, like in Genesis 1.26, that, that's a famous verse about the creation account. And when you look at how, how God led Moses to write that down, what did he say? He said, let us make man in our image. You see this plurality in the beginning of creation. And you've got to recognize this is one of those moments that God says, I want you to know something about me. I want you to know something about Christ. I'm going to show you something that you wouldn't know unless I told you. He was there before creation existed. Uh, another thing that we see is that Jesus created all things. Now think about that. All things. John 1.3 says, all things were made through him, and without him, not anything was made that was made. And, and this is something that is mind-blowing to me, because all things that we see, all blessings, all things that are in the world, Jesus gives wisdom. I mean, we were talking to, I was talking to Bruce this morning, Bruce Finsley this morning, and, and we were talking about the, the the, the heart valve and the pump that his daughter has in her heart that's allowing her heart to heal. Do you know that God is the one that gave those doctors wisdom to create those things? Like, like we're grateful that a coronavirus vaccine is coming. Do you know that God is the one that gives wisdom? God is the one that guides a doctor's mind and a doctor's hand. And, whether, and though there are many doctors that don't acknowledge God, that doesn't that doesn't erase the fact that God is at work in our lives, in our history, in the world. And look at this. Another thing about God that's revealed, all things exist by him and for him. Look at 1 Corinthians 8, 6. It says, yet for there is one God, the Father from whom all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. And I want, you know, here's the beauty of walking with the Lord. Did you know that you and I get to serve? We have the opportunity to walk with and serve the King who created all things. And then it says, look at verse 17. 
This is such a massive verse. He says, he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. You know, um, I sat with a family yesterday. And, and uh, they came to my office and there's a lot of things falling apart in their lives. And, and, they're, and they're, they're worried. They're concerned. And, and, you know, we sat down and we opened the word of God and, 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 we, and we pointed to the fact that, well, look, Christ is with you. And when I look at our world, look, you, it feels like everything's falling apart, doesn't it? But, but you know what? I read my Bible, and when I start to get worried, and I start to feel like, man, my life is falling apart, the world's falling apart, I read this, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Amen. And I want you to know something today. In the midst of a world that's in chaos and just whacked out and messed up, God has a word for us today. That look, in him, all things hold together. And I sat with this family yesterday who was broken and sad and struggling and wrestling. And you know what? I, uh, we looked at Matthew 7 at the end of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus said, if you hear these words of mine and you put them into practice, you're like a wise man who built this house on a rock. The rains came, the winds blew, it beat against that house, but it did not fall. And this morning, God has a word for us today. He is not just prominent Christ is preeminent. He is Lord of all. And that's who we serve. That's who's speaking right now. That's who's moving in our lives right now. And when I think about John 1, 4, and 5, it says, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You know what's amazing about Christ? When, when I think about the craziness of the world, the brokenness around me, the, the doubts that I see, the, the concerns about our, our, what's happening in our nation. I mean, the staff meeting that we had this week as we sat down and said, man, I don't know if we're gonna have another major chaotic event that takes place this week. It's almost like every one of us turned on the news to this week and was like, is the world falling apart? Are we gonna be in civil war right now or what's happening in our world, Right? Let's not forget that it's Christ who holds all things together for us. It's Christ who is leading us. It's God reminding us, now wait a minute, you don't have to live in fear. When I think about this, just some practical realities for us. Because he is in charge of all things. Let's, let's look at that verse again. Look at Colossians 1. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation is who Jesus is. For, for by him, all things were created. Our families, our lives, our jobs, our government, our, our nation, our everything, our health, all things 
were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. And when I think about how powerful Christ is, how, how, how big he is, how amazing he is, do you know what I realize? I realize that I can trust him in this life. And I want you to know something. You can trust him right now in this life. In this world, you can trust him. You know, the, you know that famous verse, trust in the Lord? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And what will he do? He will make your path straight. And that's why I want you to look at Jesus and follow Jesus only. It's, it's only Jesus. He's the only one that paid the price for you. You know, when I was a youth minister, we had this really popular shirt in my youth ministry, and it was this. It was just Jesus, period. And I want you to know, because Jesus is in charge of everything, you can trust him in this life. You know, as I drove here, and I drove around Admiral, and, you know, I look at the homelessness, homelessness around us. I look at a, a growing um, Hispanic population around us. I look at the lostness around us. I think, Lord, how do we do this? Puedo hablar español, pero no puedo correcto todo el tiempo. Necesito aprender más. No puedo comunicar completo en español. I just said, I don't know how to speak Spanish completely. But cuando, cuando ver este área, he visto mucha gente que habla español. En nuestra iglesia está... Aquí en este lugar. We're in this place for a reason. And you know what? We've got to serve the Lord as missionaries here. When, when I think about how God is in charge of everything and how God holds everything together, and I look around at what God is doing in our lives, and I, I'm compelled to, to recognize, God, not only, not, not only can I trust you in this life, but but I get it that you're calling us to be missionaries right here, right now. You know one of the things we're praying for, for our church? Is that in this church, we have a missionary mindset. That we, we have the mindset, the mentality of missionaries planted right here. And when I think about the United States of America, all you have to do is watch the news for about 30 seconds and you realize this country needs missionaries right now. And though I'm pumped about sending this young lady to Gambia when it's time, I'm grateful that she's right here, right now, serving as a missionary. When I think about how we serve the king of all kings who holds everything together, I am compelled to say, Lord, I will answer the call to be a missionary right here and right now. And you know what? When I think about how God holds everything together. I see, Lord, I can trust you in this life. I'm compelled with this missionary mindset. But you know what else I see? And I've lived this this week. You know, because God holds everything together, do you know I'm also not only confident in this life, not only confident in the job that we've got, but I am I'm confident 
on the day that I'll take my last breath. Look, I don't know when, I don't know how many days I have left. I don't know how many days I have left on this planet. But I'll tell you what, I'm praying that, that I am a part of a church that makes every day count. You know what? I don't want to be one of those that count the days of my life. I want to make the days of my life count for something bigger than myself, for this mission that God has called us to. But, but you know what? I know that the day that I draw my last breath, God's going to be faithful to me. I stood and preached a sermon Friday of a lady that served the Lord in our church faithfully. And the day she drew her last breath, she went to heaven. And folks, let me tell you something. You know what I think about? I'm so grateful for the confidence that we have as believers. But I can't help but be moved at the number of people around us they're going to go to bed tonight and they're going to look up at their ceiling and they're going to wonder, God, are you there? God, do you see me? Where is the purpose in my life? Where is the help in my life? Folks, that's us. That's our job. To follow the Lord in this place. To see the people that live around here and say, God, here we are. Use us us today. Look, Christ is not just prominent. Christ is preeminent. Those are big words that we don't, that I'm still trying to wrap my head around. But look, what that means is he is before all things. And, and let's be a people and say, Lord, we will put you before everything else. You know what I found? I found that Matthew 6.33 works. You know what Matthew 6.33 says? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You know what I found? That when I wanted to be successful in my life, I seek the Lord. Yeah, my success may, I mean, may not look like, may, I may just get to sing on the Ben and Butch McCain show, right? I may not sing on American Idol. But I'll tell you what, I'm so grateful that we get to follow the Lord right here, right now. And so I want to stand in front of you as a pastor in your life, pleading with you, challenging you, pushing you to look at Jesus. Because if you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus. Open your Bible and, and look at Jesus. That's what God's like. And then let's live like Jesus. Because when we live like him, oh man, we get to experience the power of his life, of his calling. And I'll tell you, thankful for the promises of God. Follow him today. Let me ask you a question. If, you know, the Bible says very clearly that there will come a day that we will all see God face to face. Are you ready? 